Hi, Creepers. This is Unexplained Oregon, a podcast with two best friends talking about all things creepy, the unexplained, and the missing in the Pacific Northwest. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Unexplained Oregon. You can also email us at unexplainedoregon at gmail.com. We love our listeners' suggestions, and we love hearing from you. That reminds me, if you're a friend of the podcast and you want more people to find out about us, can you take a minute to go on Apple Podcast and give us a good rating? We appreciate that. Kim and I talk about real-life intense subjects on this podcast that could be disturbing to some listeners. We also use bad language. As always, be mindful and take care of yourselves. And here we go. Hello, creepers. Hello. Hi, Kim. Hello, Christine. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing really, really good now that I'm with you and we're recording. It's been a little while. It has been a little while and I I am definitely looking forward to this distraction and uh, this conversation today. I'm excited. This is actually one that we were talking about doing last season, I think, for a while. So we've been talking about this this case for a long time. Yes, we have been, and it's just perfect timing today. I know uh, we've had kind of a busy weekend, but I was so excited to, to get on here and talk with you about the case of Martha Benthan Evans, or Marty. And yeah, I can't, I can't wait to talk about this today. Yes, our missing bridesmaid. Uh, yes, is so our missing bridesmaid. Sad, this case, but uh, before we do that, we want to mention a couple things, right? Yeah, we do. Well, do we want to say how we heard about this case first? Uh, sure. Yes, <laughs> that this case. I know we're so we're we're organized people. We're organized. Uh, this actually, we're really excited because this is a case that was recommended to us by Lori, our listener in Astoria, and mm-hmm. I think we had talked about this case before Lori mentioned it, and so we were really excited when she emailed us in and asked us to cover it. She has sent us uh, newspaper articles, a couple pictures of them, and then recommended a series uh, from KMUN, the radio station, I believe it's out of Astoria, uh, called Cold Coast. So I believe in 2019, they did a full episode on this, uh, on this missing bridesmaid. Anne Orney is actually the writer and producer of Cold Coast Radio on KMUN. And she actually uh, did a great job interviewing several of the family members, uh, Linda, Gloria, and Marty's brother. Awesome. This is a case that has been hanging out for 30 years, listeners. So it's, uh, when you say that, it's just crazy to think about uh, the time that's gone by and nothing has shown up yet. It's, it's really sad. Uh, but, but another thing we wanted to mention before we get going is we got another five-star review. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, last episode we talked and read some of our reviews that got us so happy. We have some awesome reviews. Kelly Belly, thank you for emailing us your review. Uh, she is an Oregon resident that really appreciates our podcast, and she thanked us. So thank you, Kelly Belly. We love your review. We love that you gave us five stars and uh, keep them coming. Yeah, Kelly, if you get a hold of us, Kelly Belly, with, um, you know, on Facebook or Instagram and let us know your or email us, let us know your address and we'll send you a sticker. For sure. We really appreciate the feedback. I love going on and seeing people's comments on our Facebook and on Instagram You know, that's the fun part here is getting sort of that uh, listener interaction and 
we get we get excited when that happens can we we end up texting or marco poloing each other oh did you read that did you see <laughs> that because so, it's always we're always amazed that someone else is digging what we're saying right i know we're so excited <laughs> it could, just keeps that energy going yeah uh so the case of marty uh that we're covering was also part of uh a reddit feed that I had found from actually Pontip. So this is what we have been talking about doing for a while now that there was a Google Doc out there that someone had created with uh, per state missing people and their vehicles. And Marty Evans, Martha Evans was listed on that Google Doc. So it's a combination of our listener recommendation and then also just gathering more information from other sources. And that's how we just decided maybe it's meant to be that we cover the case of Marty. Yeah, I think originally we were going to talk about other missing cases with this um, episode. But once you got going and started researching, you realize that there's, you know, enough information to just devote this one episode to Marty. So I'm really excited to hear about it. Yes, before we do that, I want to add, I know, Kim, before we started, you had us super organized in order <laughs> of events, and I completely okay. messed up our order of events. But I do want to give a shout out to our listener, Rachel, from the UK. Uh, I, Her and I have been emailing back and forth. I want to send her a sticker. I probably will. She told me not to, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, I asked her about any podcasts that she might have or recommend for us to listen to and the listeners from the UK. And I just want to share with everyone um, that one of her favorites that she recommends is called Unseen. Um, She says that the presenter Caprice covers unsolved murders John and Jane Doe and missing person cases, uh, missing persons cases from the UK or across the UK. Mm. Uh, Some of the cases are little known, so she does a great job of highlighting them. The other one that Rachel recommends is Seeing Red, which is also a true crime podcast, or Seeing Red, a true crime podcast. Uh, The presenters cover a wide range of murder and crime cases with compassion for the victims, but also with some humor. Mm. And they they can be potty mouthed also at times, so she definitely recommends it. Good. I agree. Yay, we'll check those (laughs) out. I haven't had a chance yet to listen to the uh, scene read, but I did check out Unseen, and it was pretty good. Awesome. Thank you so much, listener in the U.K., I know. It's so exciting to to get those emails. So keep them coming. Yes, for sure. And then also we were going to mention uh, that we are, we've approached the 10-year anniversary um, for David Grubbs. And he is someone that we covered in our first season. If you have not listened to that case, please go back and listen to that um, podcast that we put out there on David Grubbs. A horrible horrible case down in the Rogue Valley that happened on the bike path down there um, and still unsolved. So if you have a chance, listeners, and you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to it. It's, you know, we're coming up on 10 years for that case. So sad. Right. I saw the the post from the local news and I forwarded the uh, the news report on our Facebook page if anyone wants to go on and just see kind of the quick and latest news report that was reminding people that it has been 10 years and that the case is unsolved. And uh, it's so strange because I was actually in Ashland today. We went and had breakfast, and then we went to Shop and Cart, which is the store that he works or worked at. And I just stopped and took a quick picture again because, you know, I had done that when we released the episode, I think close to a year ago. And I posted, you know, the, the picture again today just to kind of put that energy out there. Um, because it is still unsolved and it I was sharing with my sister who's in town and she had never heard of the case. 
Mm. And she was just stunned, you know, that 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 could have happened down here in this area. I know. Very shocking. Very shocking. Mm -hmm. Our hearts are with his family, for sure. Yeah. Well, on a happier note? (laughs) I don't know if it's happier, but a happier note that we can more interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's this is definitely something that we have passion for and. It's always so interesting when someone goes missing along with their vehicle, right? And and so this is really something that we talk about a lot. And we do have more episodes coming up regarding this. But yeah, tell me what you've learned about Marty, our missing bridesmaid. Yeah, so this happened in along the coast of like northern Oregon. So we're talking about, you know, almost the most northern area of the coast of Oregon. It's way up by Astoria uh, and and kind of some small uh, areas around Astoria. So, you know, Martha's family lived, um, you know, about 30 minutes outside of Astoria. So what what we're going to talk about today is sort of her route that she would have traveled on that that day. And I took a couple pictures and you and I were looking at the maps of like where she was last seen and where she kind of went, you know, the timeline. And, uh, you know, she kind of traveled in between sort of a just would have been like about a 30 minute travel time from her mom's house to Astoria. And so... Um, you know, these are maybe coastal roads, right? Kind of country roads along the, a lot of water. A lot of water. When you showed, yeah. when you sent me those pictures and we were looking at them, I, uh, you know, there is a lot of water. And one of the theories is that, you know, she drove off the road somewhere that night and right. she's never been found. And that when you look at these maps around where she was traveling from, that is very plausible. I mean, right, you know, when you right. see all that water. Right. So at the time of Martha Marty's disappearance, she was uh, 33 years old. She was a mother of two. She had a, a son and a daughter. She actually disappeared on February 10th of 1990. Uh, The last time anyone saw her was was in the evening time. You know, the reports are saying anywhere between 9.30 and 10.30 that that evening. She actually had been in her best friend's wedding. Her best friend's name was Sally. So she had been in Sally's wedding that day at, at the Lutheran Church. And... I believe that that wedding actually happened in Napa and we were just before we got on we were reading you know a news article where her sister had mentioned that her sister Linda had actually made her dress that day for her Mm. and that she was kind of nervous about being in the wedding um yeah which I think is sweet because when you look who isn't right exactly and yeah it kind of brought me back to those years when we were younger and we were bridesmaids, right? There was a few years right. there where we were <laughs> bridesmaids. There are a few lot. years. It's been a while. Yeah, it yeah. has been a while. But uh, it does, it brings you back to those times. And um, Marty was definitely a beautiful woman. And when you look at the picture, uh, it, uh, it, it kind of takes you back to, it took me back to 1990, <laughs> in the early 90s, being a bridesmaid and the baby's breath and, right yeah yeah the picture is is sweet there's kind of the classic photo of her taken that day that's that's out there if you look it up we'll post it on our our facebook and instagram so the the wedding happened at 2 30 that day at the the lutheran church and then everyone kind of moved to the high chamber room and lounge and then there was also um you know they kind of hopped over to another place called the logger lounge so, so of course, you know, there was some celebrating going on, mm-hmm. right? Uh, typical after the wedding celebrating going on. And uh, Marty ends up going to her mom's house at some point uh, after, you know, kind of that, that gathering at the, the different lounges. She drives up to her mom's house, which is actually in Brownsmead. And... 
she borrows a couple dollars from her stepdad for gas. And so, you know, the the Cold Coast episode that you can listen to uh, is interviewing her mom and her sister, Linda. And they go into the background, like a little bit of the family history, what their childhood was like, why they moved to the area, and what kind of like person Marty was. She was the uh, second oldest. Linda was actually the oldest and then there was Marty. And so they kind of share a little bit about Marty's back background, what she was like in school, hmm. which is really sweet. And so that day Marty shows up at her mom's house and her mom had actually been babysitting her son, Andrew, who was 10 at the time. She would only take $4. She wouldn't take any more money than that from anyone in the family, but they... The stepdad gives her the $4 for gas, and they all knew that she was pretty tipsy. Mm. And uh, her mom says that she actually tried to get her to not leave. She actually tried to get her to not drive. And the mom kind of describes what it was like that, that day to see her, and she says that you know, Marty wasn't going to change out of her, her bridesmaid dress. She wanted to leave it on because she kind of wanted to, to keep that feeling going or wanted to still look good in her bridesmaid dress. And she, they, they kind of, they said that she had left and everyone had kind of seen her with her leather jacket on too. But her mom said that she wasn't wearing it because she didn't want to mess up the baby's breath and her hair. Mm. And that she had come up to her mom and given her like this special little hug on her way out that her mom just kind of remembers. Her mom was standing at the kitchen sink doing the dishes and Marty came up and just kind of gave her this hug. How sad. And so she takes off and she goes to the gas station uh, to get a couple dollars worth of gas. Uh, The D&D gas station, which I believe was in Svensson. And, oh, oh, before she left her mom and dad's house, or her mom and stepdad, she has uh, some some phone calls that happened. And the reason why I'm um, interrupting things the way that I am is because I thought the phone call had happened at the gas station. Mm -hmm. And that people had seen her there on the phone upset. But... I've also then heard that she actually made those phone calls from her mom's house oh. and that it was her mom that, you know, and family that had reported that she was upset and that she was, had talked to not only her ex-husband, but also like this, this guy that she was like currently dating or had recently been dating. And his name is, hold on, wait for it, Tim Burrett, I believe. Interesting. If you go on uh, some of the a video that I'll tell you about in a little bit, her sister Linda talks a little bit about this guy that she had been dating, and it does not sound like the family liked him a whole lot. Oh. Uh, I think that uh, Marty worked at Fred Meyer, and I think she actually worked with Tim. Yeah, his name was Tim Barrett. Okay. He also worked there. So... It doesn't sound like they were too fond of him, and and we don't know what the conversations were about, but we know that Marty was upset. So here you have, Mm -hmm. you know, someone who is, has been drinking, right, Mm -hmm. and might be feeling a little bit, like, upset or emotional. Um, She goes to the gas station. She gets $3 worth of gas. Some people say she she bought a can of beer. Mm. And she goes back out to her truck, the truck, and it won't start. So she calls her brother, and her brother comes and jumps the car for her. And this was actually, so it was a Ford truck, Ford pickup, a brown 1994 Ford pickup. And it was actually her brother's truck. And he had loaned it to her, and she he was still making payments on it. So this was his truck. Like, mm. you know, I guess he must have just thought it was, you know, just going to lend it to his sister. And I don't know how long she had been driving it for. I don't remember. 
in the Cold Coast episode and actually interviews her brother for a while and he, he shares about this truck and and his relationship with Marty and seems like they were pretty close. So he jumps the truck and she gets on her way. And um, and she's headed towards Astoria, correct? She's She agrees to, to meet up with family at the Hong Kong restaurant in Astoria. And she never makes it there. Okay, so the brother is the last person to see her as she waves goodbye to him. And he sees her drive uh, to Highway 30 towards Astoria. And that's the last time anyone sees her. Mm. She never shows up to, uh, to the restaurant. And by Monday morning, the family decides to call uh, the police and try to, you know, get some help. And, you know, by the next morning, her mom, uh, Gloria, says that when she didn't come home, she knew that something was wrong because she had her son there. She had Andrew, the, the grandmother, the mom, Gloria. And she knew that, you know, this wasn't like Marty. Uh, and so when they do decide to call the police and, and try to get some help, the police refuse to file a missing persons case or a missing persons, uh, report because she's an adult and, and she has the right to leave if she wants to. So they, they, they didn't take it seriously. Mm. And I've heard that, that eventually they, they did help to look for her. I'm not sure when that actually was, because the missing persons report was not officially filed until 2005, Kim. Wow. So 15 years later. Right. 15 years late. So you can go missing and then 15 years later they, they can file your missing persons report. Right. Wow. That's a lot and of time there. In yeah. Wasted yeah. Time. In between that time, I think the family did hire like a private investigator to try to get some answers. I'm not exactly sure when they did that, but you know, they had like the missing flyers, missing flyer, missing persons flyers that they were putting up also. The problem was, so, so I looked into what the weather was that day. Okay. And you know, there are reports that it was chilly during the day. It was sunny though. And what's strange is that that night it actually snowed. So that definitely like hindered probably what the roads looked like, or maybe, you know, maybe they weren't able to get out and, and look as, as quickly. There were no like reported signs of a wreck anywhere though. Like Off in the, the places that they, like, yeah, and uh, no tire tracks that they could find. So there wasn't any like obvious wreckage. Hmm. But if you look up on the map, I mean, the, the landscaping, you know, these towns are right along like the Columbia River. They're wetlands and sleuths. So lots of waterways for potential accidents to occur. And so, you know, of course, that's what they suspect is probably like the, the main suspicion, I think, of the family. Hmm. So, you know, there were no signs of a wreck anywhere. Uh, the snow was a hindrance, but her family knows that she would have never left her children. You know, there were no, never a sign that she would have done anything like that on her own. Well, and it doesn't sound like she had a lot of money on her if she had just borrowed $4 from her stepfather, right? So, um if this was a case where she was, you know, planning on taking off or whatever, I, you know, it, it just doesn't add up. Right, right. It's so weird to me that they didn't take it seriously. And the family knew that there was like, that this isn't like Marty. She wouldn't have act, you know, wouldn't have behaved like this. And so, like I said, they hired a private investigator. I don't know, like, if it was closer to like, you know, some of these, these things I'm going to share, I don't know if it happened after 
another detective was brought on the case and they had filed the the missing persons case in 2005 that they actually like interviewed and polygraphed a few people oh um the family said that they have not been allowed to get any uh access to the police reports that they they're not willing to share right now because it's still an open case even though Mm. she's missing you would think that they would Um, be doing everything that they can to find her but they're not sharing anything other than people apparently have been questioned and polygraphed and rumors or how how the family found this out I'm not sure but some of the polygraphs came back inconclusive Hmm. so there have been a lot of rumors and sort of like these conspiracies of what happened of course as time goes on right like People may share, they may gossip, maybe they know something, but no one has totally come forward. You know, the main theory, of course, or the the most obvious one is that she maybe lost control of the vehicle and went into one of the waterways, right, along with her the truck. And so the truck and her have been, you know, it's been, she hasn't been found because of, of that right that the truck the truck sunk and with time i mean the current and different things can happen but as like the the sill and the different things and in the water fill in the vehicle it's possible and there's there are areas that they've done some different work and reconstruction to along some of these waterways that actually could have created more of an opportunity for the truck to sink more so we're going to talk a little bit more about this but let me go through what they think some of the theories are of what happened to marty perfect um so the next one is that apparently there was some sort of a deathbed confession um which marty's brother believes is likely that this could have actually happened that that marty was actually killed and that her she was buried with her truck oh no so her brother believes that this is actually a pretty legitimate source and that it's possible that this is what actually happened to her and where i don't know who this deathbed we don't know. Someone that the brother has heard. And that's what I'm saying. Like the, the small town. I mean, people talk. And I'm not exactly sure mm. who this deathbed confession is from. But the brother feels strongly that it could be could be something that actually really happened to his sister. Sad. And I feel like I have heard that people have buried vehicles. Really? I mean, if you this think about it. This is the first time I've heard that. that I know. Like I feel like I've work. watched... <laughs> I feel like I've watched a show or something, but if you think about it, it's hard. It's actually kind of hard to get rid of a vehicle. Yeah. And that's why we found that these cases so intriguing is to have, it's one thing to have, you know, the people disappear and and their vehicles are found like Fauna Fry Mm -hmm. and some of the cases that we've covered where, and that we're probably going to continue to cover where the, you know, these vehicles are found completely locked you know, or just abandoned with like the cell phone and backpack and after an accident and then the people are never seen again, like right. Bryce Les Pisa. Yes. And can we cover the case of Bryce Les Pisa uh, this season, episode four called The Long Drive Home? If people haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. Yeah. Right? Like these cases that are so mysterious, but it's also very mysterious when a person goes missing and their vehicle is gone as well and never found, right? There's also mm. some rumor of a drug bust gone wrong. I'm not sure if that, that was also tied into, you know, the deathbed confession. I'm not sure why or how she could have yeah. been affiliated yeah. with this, drug, you know, drug ring or drug bust, but... That is one of the rumors out there. Again, like, can you imagine 30 years worth of talk, right? Yeah. The family says that that the signs were taken down. So people were going around actually removing her missing people's signs. And it, with that in combination of, like, the uh, 
polygraphs that, you know, they'd heard that people had been like inconclusively tested or the results were inconclusive and, and nothing's been done. So there's this whole like, what really happened? What are people covering up? Uh, and obviously there's more to this if they've actually interviewed people. Right. So one thing I, I wanted to share with you is that there's sort of some mixed information. Um, some people have said that, that Marty was last seen with her bridesmaid dress on and this leather jacket. Her mom says that she didn't want to wear the leather jacket because it would mess up her the baby's breath and her hair she was she wanted to keep you know the the baby's breath and her dress the way that it was right and be able to wear it because you know when you when you get to dress up like that you only get to wear that usually once right it's not every day you get to like put the makeup on and the baby's breath and the pretty dress and the interesting thing about this is while she was out you know getting gas and and kind of going back and forth she didn't have her purse with her and and the leather jacket ends up somewhere else also so her mom says that her purse and her leather jacket end up in her best friend's trunk trunk that it wasn't until I think Sally got back from like her honeymoon or something that she returns these items to Gloria. And so while uh, Marty's out driving around and stuff, she doesn't have her purse with her. It sounds like her, even her clothes that she was going to change back into were with her friend Sally. So again, if you think of all the logistics of like getting ready at the church or wherever they all got ready, right? And then who ends up with the clothing and the clothes and all of the makeup and everything, you got to put it somewhere after the, the church, you know, the wedding at the church. And so mm. it sounds like all of her belongings ended up with Sally and Sally's trunk, especially if Marty didn't have her own vehicle and ends up borrowing her brother's truck at some point to kind of run around a little bit. Uh, especially if she wanted to go see her boyfriend that night. I mean, it makes sense. She's going to borrow somebody else's vehicle, but all of her stuff ends up with Sally. That doesn't make sense. Exactly. I know. That's so weird. So even as I'm listening to the Cold Coast episode, the mom and the sister are actually kind of piecing together some of this information literally in the interview 30 years later. The sister, Linda, didn't even know that the mom actually still has the leather, leather jacket. And I think the mom still has the purse. And so I think some people thought that the leather jacket was actually with Marty and it wasn't. So that's kind of interesting. And, I mean, of course, we didn't have, like, cell phones and things like that, right? We might have had them, but nobody had them accessible and, like, with them all the time or anything. It wasn't like that in the 90s. No, no. So it's not like we can go back and GPS tracker and uh, the things that they can do now to find people. Right, know? right. And even now, people are going missing, even with those things, right? Even with our oh, cell wow. phones, even with our vehicles that have trackers, we're still having things happen to people. One last thing I want to mention is that supposedly she was going to be filing some kind of custody change, some something to do with custody with her kids on Monday. So she was going to see a lawyer mm. on Monday. I've heard or I researched and found, I believe that she had full custody of both of her kids. So I'm not exactly sure what she was filing or what was going on, but there was definitely something going on. She was supposed to be meeting with her lawyer that Monday. So that's another piece to this mystery of, you know, she, she was having some issues there. Uh, and, and there was supposed to be this meeting. So what happened, right? She also was supposed to be meeting with her ex-boyfriend or boyfriend at the time, Tim. 
and he claims that she never showed up there. And this was the one she was on the phone with. Right. Upset. Crying. She was upset. Right. Hmm. Tim Barrett. So she had spoken with the ex-husband and she had spoken with the, the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, Tim, and she was upset. She had been drinking. Uh, she gets on the road and the last time she's seen, she's headed to Astoria and has never been seen since. A lot of waterways along the way, different possibilities. Did she meet with foul play? You know, of course, it's hard to know, right? Like, did maybe she met up with someone randomly? Maybe, you know, maybe something happened to her along the way. Maybe it was someone she knows. Yeah, we don't we don't know if she made it to Astoria. We don't know if, you know, she went off the road or if she turned around and went the other direction and decided not to go towards Astoria. We just don't, there's so many questions. Yeah, and there were one. sightings of her. Linda says that there were sightings of her, but they now think that maybe it was just their other sister who actually looks a lot mm. like Marty. So they don't actually think that she was seen. They think it was actually the sister. So like I said, even 30 years later, there was still, or close to 30 years later, there were still some pieces of, of the timeline, some details to the information that even the family is trying to piece together and make sense of. And, and the family, of course, is still just dealing with the loss of, of Marty all these years later and not knowing where she's so at. Sad. So there were some different sources that I used to gather this information. I told you, like I said, the, uh, the cold coast, uh, series from KMUN. Mm -hmm. I also, there's several newspaper articles that I used, uh, that kind of, it's interesting when you read different ones because they'll have tidbits of information that add to the case but also may not be like you know like I said her birth her age was off a little bit some said 33 some said mm. 32 but they've definitely covered her a little bit in the in the news um the next thing I want to talk about is a YouTube um two episodes that you can watch from Adventures with yeah you turned me on to them and Kim yeah. had you yeah, had I you had ever not. heard of you, them before? We're, we're going to cover another case uh, from the 50s, and they actually were looking into that as well, and they had looked into this case, so they have the same interests as us, these adventures with a purpose. Yeah, so I I had actually watched this uh, on YouTube. They, they air... So it, these are scuba divers that go out and we've actually had a listener recommend that we find a way to get Adventures with a Purpose to look for Graciela Garcia. We actually had a listener write in and, and we could, right? We could rally, we could send some emails, we could try to contact them because that's exactly what they do. People contact them and tell them about these stories and then they'll come, they'll contact the families and they'll nice. come and look. So that's exactly what's happened with Marty. Uh, so there's a two part episode on YouTube, Adventures with Purpose, and they go to these areas and they look, they look Did they for look in her. all the um, waterway, the sloughs and like that map you showed me? they actually went and deep dived into all these areas and looked for her vehicle. So it's kind of interesting, the process of it. They start out, of course, talking, they meet up with Linda and uh, she kind of gives them a little bit of a background. And then they go to like the first location where they think that she might be. And what they do first is they actually take like a piece of, uh, or they take a magnet on like a line and they they don't even get into mm. the water. They just kind of toss this magnet that's on a line and, and they see if the magnet as it's sinking actually sticks to any metal that's down in the water. So they kind of do like a preliminary sweep of the waterway to see if it, if there's even any metal in there. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting. I've actually watched a couple of these episodes before because they have recovered vehicles and they have recovered some missing people. So, and I mm-hmm. find it really intriguing. It's also kind of creepy, right? Like being found, you know, I know that they have found people like 50 years later wow. or whatever, right? So they do this que- kind of sweep of the waterway using this magnet. And then they had another person that they called in, I think he had a, he had a kayak and he kind of went up and down also with it and, and just kind of like spent some time in the waterway. They use a drone. They really just kind of use like a Google map and, and show us like, this is what the route she would have taken. This is the waterway we suspect. And they kind of piece together Uh, And then they end up doing, you know, some, there was this one area that her sister, you know, another, a truck had actually gone in the water Mm. there. And I think they had maybe thought there was something in that waterway. So I'm not positive. I don't remember if they actually dived in that waterway and looked. Um, But they don't, they don't end up finding her and they don't end up finding the vehicle. Mm. Yeah. So there is a two-parter to it. It's kind of cool because, you know, it. like I said, they use the map. They kind of show you like, well, this is where she was. We're going to try this area now because what if she went here? And they kind of show their rationality behind why they searched certain areas and why, you know, why it might make sense. Um, I think it's great because it kind of maybe rules out that she where she is you know they figured out where she isn't but if you look in the map there is a lot of Mm -hmm. water right it was dark she had been drinking who knows what you know where she might have went in if she did if she did mm -hmm. our mind goes there uh just because that's the obvious you know explanation but that you have these small town rumors exactly so that uh who knows it's really sad that 30 years has gone by and maybe some of those leads and those rumors they can't pursue now because it's been so long you know whereas geez if they would have taken this seriously from day one then maybe we would have more answers right maybe maybe there would have you know maybe she would have been found uh but 30 years later especially it's so surprising to me because if you watch some of these episodes I mean this guy goes I got stuck last Sunday you and I were going to record and then we just decided to do research instead and kind of maybe check it with each other this weekend and see if we were ready and I ended up just keeping that you know adventures with a purpose on and just watching episode after episode because Some of it is very much like, I don't know, I just kind of skipped through and kind of figured out which parts to go to because I had watched so many of them. You can tell when they do go down and scuba dive because there'll be footage of like under the water and you'll see how difficult it can actually be to to find the vehicle and the process of the vehicle has... Uh, debris and the sill and the different layers of things from the the lake in it just finding like the license plate so often they'll pull the license plate off and bring it up but as they're looking they do a search with like their machine their little um, sonar thing that they have and he'll go he'll go with just a regular motorboat over the waterways and they just kind of go where they think the car could be and then they have the machine and they read. I could not tell, but apparently you could tell. If you know how to read these, um, this type of equipment, you can see like the vehicle, you can see like the tire and oh, then wow. they know where to dive at and they'll send their, their people in. And it is, it's interesting when they find the car, they pull the license plate off, they try to get in the door. I think they literally have to like reach in and see if they can feel a body in there oh creepy because sometimes the cars are full of you know the cell and stuff so can you imagine putting yourself in that that person's place and and the and and they're finding people for these family members though it's like such a a noble uh cause really so the whole process of it it's amazing to me that this is what we have to do to try to find our loved ones and uh at one and in this i think it was a 
someone in like Arkansas that they went looking for. Uh, in the time that they were looking for this person, I think they found three other cars in the water. No. Yeah. So what they'll do, they'll pull the plate off, they'll take it in. They had different agencies who were literally like, well, that plate doesn't come up in our system at all. So we don't care what you do with the car. But if you do pull it up out of the water, we don't want to have to deal with it. Oh, wow. Because it, you can leave it in or you can pull it out, but we don't want to be a part of it because it's all about budget. It's all about who's responsible for it. But if it's not a stolen vehicle, then nobody cares about it. And apparently people dump, dump vehicles all the time in water. These vehicles that we're talking about uh, did not have any evidence of uh, anyone deceased within the vehicles. They were just vehicles that were empty at the time that they were found. So basically leave it in there. Leave the car down there is what they're saying. Yeah, pretty much. So as we're all swimming around in these lakes and waterways and we're like, you know, water skiing and just out on our boat, whatever we're doing out there, we don't even know what's underneath us. I'm going to bring a magnet with me next time. <laughs> yeah. Stand out there. That's insane. And then how they pull the vehicles out when they do find them. So they decided to pull one of the vehicles out and I had no idea. They actually inflate things and use like this whole thing. They put like floaty things and it helps pull the vehicle up. Oh, wow. Crazy. I'm going to check this out. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I, it's interesting that a listener actually suggested them as well. But um... Right. And so in the case of Graciela Garcia, I think this was a recommendation. And I don't know if this uh, listener is listening now who, um, who messaged us. But it makes sense because Graciela's phone last pinged on the bridge between Oregon and Washington. Oh, wow. So yeah. often, you know, people will find evidence like around the waterway and that will make them believe that their loved one went into the water. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it makes sense to me that if her phone last pinged going over the bridge, that potentially the phone was tossed or... Right. Uh, whatever, right? And that maybe that, that waterway could hold some answers as well. It makes sense to me. Mm, crazy. I've been thinking about Graciela a lot. Uh, I know you posted a couple things on her, but I, it's just. Oh, we, so I mean, she, a two year anniversary for her missing also. Yeah. With no answers. Okay, so how I want to end this episode is with uh, the description of Marty at the time of her disappearance. Okay. Even though it was 30 years ago, obviously, if she is alive, <sighs> I mean, I, I don't... She's exactly. Right. Uh, so she was 5'3 to 5'4, 110 to 115 pounds, um, white female, dark brown, uh, to shoulder length hair with brown eyes. She had an appendix scar, a hysterectomy scar, a tiger tattoo covering the appendix scar with tiger claws touching the hysterectomy scar. Ooh, that's cool. She had a tattoo on her left rear shoulder of seven roses with a banner that said daddy. Mm. Um, a tattoo on the outer part of her right angle of a dragon with a banner that said Perry. And, and a single earlobe piercing, single hole earlobe piercing. Uh, she was wearing a black backless bridesmaid dress. Her jewelry was twisted gold hoop earrings. And yeah, she, like I said, disappeared around 1030 on February 10th, driving that 1984 Ford Ranger pickup. And we even have the license plate number, which is... PNB116. So if you have any information about this case, you're asked to call Detective Matt Beeson at 503-861-0781. He is with the Oregon State Police. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I, we just want to give another shout out and thank you to Lori and Astoria for suggesting this story. Uh, 
it grabs our attention along with yours. You know, we, we feel it too. Our hearts go out to this family that has just, you know, how sad for the mom to see her daughter dressed up that last night and, and standing there so pretty and happy. And, and that's the last image. We were talking about how, you know, the little details about the leather jacket and the baby's breath, and those are things that they've held on to all these years, right? And mm-hmm. uh, how sad for them, uh, for that to be their last image of Marty. And um, then just not knowing what happened to her. I, cu- I couldn't even imagine right. that feeling. I couldn't. So I hope we did uh, do a little bit of justice for her today and, and maybe bring some awareness out there for her. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There's this piece of like, you know, when whenever something like this happens to someone, you know, that we know or love, whenever we lose them expect unexpectedly, you know, I know that the family has a lot of, you know, not regret, but I'm sure each one of them have wondered, like, if I had said this or said that, or if I had done this, you know, maybe it would be different. I mean, they each had their last moment with her. And so what a mystery, right? Like to all these years later to not have closure and to not know. Uh, And I know that that's all that they that they truly want and the her mother mentions in one of these uh news reports that you know just there are times where she would see someone that would look like her you Mm -hmm. know someone with brown hair and it's you know you're looking for her probably still to this day yeah so well thank you so much for gathering all your information i know We've had some technical difficulties today, so and my cat has been, like, terrorizing me here. Oops. Hold on a second. Anyway, uh, so hopefully you can edit this all together so it sounds normal. I mean, I've had my cat bugging me throughout this whole thing. You've probably heard him scratching and then, you know, audio issues, but... That's the fun part about this, right? The fun part about Unexplained Organ is there's no pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's no pressure. We're simply doing this for fun and because we have passion and we want to bring awareness to these stories. It has been a lot of fun lately. I've kind of like gotten my groove back again with it a little bit. My job has become a little bit easier lately and so it's given me some time to take a breath and like have fun with the podcast and do some research and uh and I like that we're we're choosing what feels right for us and and when to record and and you know may not be perfect we're working on the editing always right as our our, uh, Jess is scratching at the bedroom door right now so I mean this is this is real life right this is real life I mean earlier the oven was going off right this is the, the way it is so it is the way it is but until next time we have some exciting things coming up that we're going to continue to talk about some more cases some more missing people with their vehicle uh we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about this uh so i hope you tune in and we appreciate it if you did today yeah send us your stories send us your thoughts your comments ideas let us know what you think and and thanks so much for listening this uh this has been really really fun today kim i was so excited to talk with you about this case me too me too all right dress and the baby's breath okay well take care and go hug someone that you love right now i'm going to i'm gonna go hug my cat (laughs) okay all right i love you kim love you too girl